is a Bulldog Radio podcast. The Ferris State Bulldogs have upset the nation's number two ranked team. Wide open! Taylor is going to take this one to the house! Touchdown Bulldogs! It's the MVSP Season 4, Episode 31. Boy, is it good to be back in the studio. I was fighting the cold a little bit, but Brandon took over solo. Great job uh, by him, but I'm back. As you can tell, my voice still struggling a little bit. I'll get through it, but Brandon, it's going to be a good show. It's going to be a great show, and it's good to have you in the seat it's across back, from me. Man. Certainly only felt like four days, but it was an eternity here in the studio. But thanks, you all, for tuning in. Appreciate all the support. <gasps> We've gotten all the great episodes already from the new year. A lot of great feedback already. Ready? And it's only going to get better, Joe. And especially with the dogs continuing to win across the board, hey, makes the content just that much better for it us. It does. It makes it a lot better. And me and Brandon are going to be riding tandem today. Uh, don't have a guest, unfortunately, but we're going to get back to our roots and back to how it used to be in the first episode. And that's all we, always what we like to do. So, Brandon, we're going to hop into the Fair State Sports Report. What do you want to talk about first? Oh, we can go right ahead. Let's get into basketball. We'll start in hoops basketball. and women's side, basketball. especially uh, splitting the weekend uh, with a big win over Purdue Northwest on Thursday. Um, Ultimate, we covered that obviously on the Friday show, or at least I did. You can check that out in the feed below if you haven't already. Uh, Saturday, just a little bump in the road for the women's team. Uh, certainly uh, played a good game, but uh, just seemed like definitely down the stretch, some things didn't go our way, and that ultimately uh, prohibited us from getting the W. But I mean, from the women's roster, I mean, the effort was definitely there. Uh, and I mean, really, it's this really good Parkside team, and they were just able to score it uh, down the stretch. Alyssa Nelson is definitely one of the best players in the GLIAC, and she showed why um, for the plays she made down the stretch in a big scoring effort. I believe she finished with 21, but I mean, this was a huge statement game, I think, for Chloe Idoni. I mean, she's making a case almost for being in the player of the year conversation for, I mean, another double-double, mm-hmm. dropping 32 in that game, 12-25 from the field. <laughs> she had a monster day, She's Joe. been, I think, I looked up because I was – Live tweeting this game, I was trying to look up some stats to put in there, like at like timeouts and stuff. I think she's at like the past six games, she's been like near 20 points, at least 18, like six for seven or something like that. And this is like her third or fourth 30 plus point game this whole season. Now, you might have to fat check me on that. I can check that too. But it's wild to see what she was able to do. But the unfortunate part was, I think, near the end of the third quarter, she was starting to get gassed because she didn't score at all in the fourth quarter, which was tough. And I think that's the only like big thing about that game was just it was a little bit mismatched and Wessendorf talked about that too in the post game he was saying that he needed to do a little bit better job of working on that but I mean other than that we really stepped up I mean Kenzie was hitting some threes and really facilitating pretty well Mallory didn't have as good of a scoring game as she did against Purdue Northwest but she still was able to really get the ball moving around I mean 11 assists on that one she could have had more too but uh, there's just a couple missed shots and stuff like that but I think the one thing was near the end of the game we didn't put any of our subs in which was a tough part and that was the that was kind of the icing on the cake for the Rangers but other than that pretty solid weekend pretty or uh was kind of the park size near the top of Gleak too like they're right behind Grand Valley so it was a good game yeah they certainly are a good team and I mean they just outwitted us down the stretch and as you mentioned I mean coach Westendorp obviously recognized that they uh ran out of gas a little bit in that fourth quarter and that's especially what he said in the post-game interview which we have right here take a listen you saw that I felt like we had the pretty good energy at the start of the fourth quarter as well like we were still kind of coming back and closing the gap down to I think we tied it up at one point but then you say you can see it in the shooting numbers two for 16 from the field in the fourth quarter and one for 10 from three and some of those two for 16 were pretty point blank layups that you really need to be able to knock down you know I can understand might not maybe not having your legs on a three ball late in the game but we got to do a better job of finishing those close easy ones so it's something to learn from and I mean the kids that were out there they were giving it their all you know so I, I can't credit their effort but, um, you know, it just kind of stinks when you run out of steam there at the end. Yeah, I think definitely when you hear that, it's especially, I know, for both of us, Joe, as former players, that when you get to the fourth quarter and you are dog tired against a really gritty team, it is so difficult to even just get those easy shots to fall. But, I mean, definitely, I think Coach Westendorp said the effort was certainly there. Um, Certainly, there would have been some things that they would have probably loved to change. But, I mean, either way, they're still going to get another crack at the Rangers later on Mm -hmm. in this GLIAC slate. So, I'm certainly looking forward to seeing that revenge game. But, I think overall, still... 
really good performances this weekend, especially, I mean, Chloe, I don't, he definitely had a fantastic game. Kenzie Bowers finishing with 12 points as well as 11 boards. She had a double, double, which definitely needs mentioned as well. Um, but Mallory McCartney also dishing out 11 assists, certainly the most, uh, eye popping stats, but I think you definitely see the depth of this team can really, uh, really go a long way. And I think that can really be something that makes this team very dangerous going into March. Yeah. I know it's kind of one of the tough parts too, is that Wisconsin parks. That was a very fast team. They worked really fast in transition and all of them were shooters, which was really the toughest part at the start of the game. I mean, they got out on a little bit of a run, had to really play on the back heels for Ferris for a little bit. But I think if you really look at what we need to do, it's just getting set defensively early. I think too, with this one, we kind of switched up and changed our defensive scheme a little bit. And that was kind of tough for us to get back and ready to go for, because there was a lot of times where they could just just stroll right down, right through Broadway. They had like two or three just uncontested layups where they just went up right at it when uh, just a couple of switches just went not the right way. But I mean, if you really think about it, we're middle of the road right now in the GLIAC and the GLIAC has always been kind of wide open and it really still is if you really are thinking about tournament time and where teams are going to get seeded and stuff like that Grand Valley I feel like is the only team that's pretty solidified in where they're going to be at but the other seven teams it really could be anybody's game uh, teams could go on runs here in this late part of the season now that the second half is starting to come in I mean we got Saginaw Valley coming up who is a good team but they're missing their leading score <clears throat> excuse me Wayne State's also coming up there near the top it's going to be anybody's game, I feel like, at this point, and you can really look forward to that when it comes to tournament time in late March. Yeah, especially going early through March, this. I forget when it is. Yeah, definitely, and I think when you looked at the numbers, I mean, certainly <coughs> not the finest shooting day, especially for the dogs. I mean, 35% from the field, 21 from three, going seven of 33. The shots just weren't falling, and I think that you could definitely see that they were uh, probably eaten up by that Purdue Northwest game where we shot almost 50% and 50 from three. Um, so that's just the way the game goes. And I think definitely um, when you look over at the men's side, which we'll transition to here right now, um, I mean, certainly the shots were falling to, on that Saturday game as opposed to the Thursday They're game. But I mean, it was just oh, an electric factory for parts of what I heard from this game. Joe, I know you were there and it could attest to that, but I mean, straight up, man. It was straight Solo's day. It oh, was dude, his yeah. day to get, and he certainly went. I guess his it. old team, too. He's transferred from Parkside. Right, exactly. Wild. I didn't know. I mean, he acted like it was kind of bad blood in the water with how he was playing and how he was getting after it. So maybe that was one of the big things. But Solo's been a guy who has really, really flourished into one of the main scorers for this team. I mean, especially, I mean, you didn't have Ethan Erickson. He's been out uh, with concussion protocols. I'm not sure what happened with that. Uh, but with a very, I want to say depleted, just more injury-prone team so far this season, uh, it's really been up to a lot of these guys to really step up. And Solomon's been a guy who... Really can just take over. He can do anything. He can drive. He's been getting ones where he, I mean, Parkside had a guy who was like six eight, probably weighed near two eighty, two seventy or something like that. Was just a mountain of a man. And Solo went up to him and just would finesse it around him and couldn't, you know, could not be stopped when he go down low. So I'm really excited to see what he's going to be able to do against Saginaw Valley coming up. Uh, but a lot of other guys really stepped up. Ben stepped up. Jimmy stepped up. A lot of guys are just playing really well. Yeah, and especially covering this game, I had the chance to talk to Ben and Solomon after, and they just said, I mean, just being able to have the depth of guys below to step up was absolutely huge. I mean, losing Air, uh, Ethan, which uh, Ben quoted to, to me as one of the best uh, overall shot creators that this team has, which mm. you can definitely tell he can make I mean, any, yeah, best shooter in D2. He, yeah, he can get any shot up beyond Snipe the arc up. and get inside as well. His penetration game was great as of late, and we can't wait to get him back on the floor soon. But, I mean, you see 18 from Ben, 28 from Solo. Jimmy Scholler, I thought, had a fantastic ben was game. Ben was feeling it. Ben was, oh, Jimmy was feeling it too this game. He was doing stuff I'd never seen him do before. Oh, yeah. He I was mean, driving, cutting, doing a whole bunch. Like, he had that spin move down pat, and Ben was going crazy. Four for five and three, holy crap. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's the biggest thing is, like, any day it seems like these guys can have a different man that's the top dog. Let I mean, him somebody's cook. feeling it, and just let him cook. There's let not, Jimmy cook, You man. know, like, that's the difference, I think, with how, like, uh, a Northern Michigan team plays, where, I mean, you have Max Jorgland, obviously, um, and you have a really dominant player, but when that player yeah, isn't not, as dominant now who's going to be the guy yeah. to step up we got four other guys that can do that i it's think more, this team it's is way, so good. it's way more versatile rather than just a one-way street you know because you i mean vance too the guy he was guarding i would say had 50 60 pounds on him i would say because the guy he was guarding was just 
bit like just built. Yeah, 40, but he still only held him to 44. He only held him to six. Sammy, six points. Yeah. Sammy Fahana. That guy was a mountain of a man. But Vayas does not. I mean, the same thing he did with Hunter Dickinson back in wherever early on. Yeah. Held him to not I remember watching that game. It was he was handling we've, Hunter. We've Dickinson really been stepping it up. I feel like in a lot of ways that have just been so valuable. And I think especially now that we're at a point where we've found like our roles per se, even though there really isn't a whole lot on this team, just mainly just the traditional ones. I think you're going to see this team really go crazy, especially against Saginaw, especially against a lot of these teams. When, when we go to Grand Valley, we're on our first road trip in what, three, four weeks? Yeah, something it's been like a while. That. So it's going to be a little bit of a test, but honestly, I think this team can really take on anybody. The biggest test, I think, is most likely going to be Northern. Parkside, maybe again, but Northern's number one in the league right now, I think. If I look at this right, yeah, they're six and one in the league right now. And we were, what, two more wins behind them? Or two or three games behind? Just barely, yeah. Only two games behind Northern yeah. Michigan so far. But, I mean, they're definitely a team that we we can we can't beat. Yeah. Like, we and have they, almost the same number of wins as them. And, really, we just had a really bad shooting day up there. Yeah. And, I mean, we're playing them at home. We're yeah. playing Michigan Tech at home, too. Michigan Tech not having the greatest year. I will say that. Kind of falling apart from last year. One yeah. six in overall four. No championship one slump. In, yeah. Tough looks for them. Hate to see it. Not really... Too bit out of a thing, anyways. But yeah, this second half of the season is gonna really turn up to be a good one. And we got Grand Valley at the game right before Gleak tournament. So yeah, that should be that should be pretty fun. But Dub yeah. City all the way. Yeah, I mean some stats from that uh that Parkside game. We shot 81% from the line, 13 to 16. Obviously, free points. Obviously, being able to convert them is absolutely huge. A uh, 46% from three-point range. Only had 13 threes, which I think is hmm. really like you're starting to see now as these games go on, especially like early in the year when they played uh a lot of these teams, like uh, Grand Valley, we had 14 triples in of 29 attempts. You saw like 12 of 21 against mm-hmm. Davenport, uh, 15 of 25 against Finley. Like they're taking a lot of three-point looks, but now we're starting to settle in and finding those inside looks because a lot of these teams are now saying, mm-hmm. yeah, we got to play these guys all the way around the arc. And now being able to penetrate, especially with Ethan, the way that he was doing it, Jimmy and Amari can mm-hmm. get inside. Solo is can uh, one of the best Dilapo off players. the bench is scary. Oh, yes. That uh, guy him is being ri- back? ridiculous. Him, Crucial. I'll tell you what, I have not seen a guy just in basketball in general, play with that much energy for the entirety of the game. It yeah. looks like it, the fourth quarter when he went in to play and he popped off for like six, seven points in like three minutes or something like that. It's like he was playing with the same intensity as right when he got in the first quarter. It was wild. Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest... Guy's insane. Yeah, I mean, having him back... Uh, I mean, I've heard from so many players. It's like, it's just a whole new, it's a whole new element that you can unlock being able. I mean, his only a second game back and really he only played 20 minutes. It's like he game. never left. Yeah. 10 rebounds, 14 assists, just or 14 points, drops a double, double. And there's only second game. He's been back on the floor since his injury. I mm. mean, he just brings a whole nother element that makes this team so deadly. But I mean, overall, just a lot of, I mean, you just looked at everything and this team played fantastic. I mean, overall, in in like everything, rebounding wise, being able to get out in transition, able to play defense in a tough, gritty way. And I mean, it just showed that this was one of the better teams or, and I shouldn't say better teams, uh, better games that they've played yeah, all season. Performance. Yeah. And I think that certainly was well noted, especially in the post game press conference uh, from coach Bronkema, which we'll play for you right now. Yeah, that's got to be one of our better complete games. I mean, we played really well today and uh, you know, that's a difficult team to defend. Um, they run they run their stuff. Um, they got weapons all over the floor, um, really skilled players. And, and their starting lineup's huge. And, uh, you know, we're not so big. So presented some problems, but got, guys were focused. You know, I thought that they missed some shots that they usually make. Um, and some sometimes that is on your side. Sometimes it's against you, you know. So, but today we played really well. Happy about that. Yeah, I mean, it is true. You, you definitely have games where you make some shots, a.k.a. Thursday and or you don't make some shots like Thursday and then there's some days you make shots like Saturday. That's how basketball works. But this team has proven to us this week that it doesn't matter the shots are falling or not, still be good teams. And I think that's definitely what we've learned so far from this team the last two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I'm very excited to see how that goes. Uh especially with how the Glee X been playing out so far and the wins that we've been able to get. Uh, Brandon, we want to hear some scores from around the Glee X. Yes, so let's take a look. We'll start with the men's and then go into the women's Purdue Northwest. Obviously fell to us on Thursday, uh, 55 to 75. Parkside was able to get the win uh, the first day of the week and then was able to fall uh, to us, 78 to 64. Win over Lake Superior State. Saginaw Valley won against Davenport, 77 to 65. Wayne State uh, taking down Grand Valley State, 72 to 63. And then on Saturday, the Battle of Northern Michigan, or 
Battle of the UP, Northern Michigan 90, Michigan Tech 65. Oh. Ran them out of the building. Yikes. Holy crap. Uh, Grand Valley uh, Battle of the Valleys as well. Close one, 66 to 62. That's a big uh, win. That's a big win for Grand Valley, especially being lower part of the totem pole here. Uh, and then Wayne State completed the weekend sweep, 80 to 66. We completed the weekend sweep as well, 93 to 71 over Parkside. And Lake Superior State is still keeping on chugging against Purdue Northwest, 65 to 63 final. That one's going to be an interesting one. And then Parkside is also playing again today. Uh, right now, they're up 30 against Cardinal Stritch. I don't know what that is, but they're in the seventh minute of the second half. Cardinal Stritch. Never heard of why don't that you rock on it? Yeah, why don't you go rock on and see what that is? Yeah, Cardinal Stritch. I mean, we already had a pretty big <coughs> history me. lesson of East-West University, it seemed like, East over from back there. But no, here we go. Cardinal Stritch University, according to the old Wikipedia search, um, is a Roman Catholic university that is in Glendale, Wisconsin. So um, it looks huh. like it's a religious-based university, and I them. can't quite tell if it's a more uh, Division two or if it's a, a lower a lower school than that. But I mean, that's kind of interesting, though. That they're playing a, a Monday game. I mean, that's kind of like especially okay, after a double. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it is Martin Luther King Day. So certainly um, at, at this time that we're recording. So certainly um, observing that holiday as it should be. Um, but I think, yeah, that's kind of interesting that they're they are playing on that game. I mean, you have like the NBA games and stuff, too, at that um, overall throughout the day. But I mean, it's just kind of interesting that you would go for like a three out of five days. I mean, that's that's yeah. a lot to take if you're uh, if you're an athlete. But it looks like they are an NAIA school. So it must mm. be more of like an exhibition type of game because I mean, exhibition I, we played we played like U of M Dearborn earlier this yeah. year. We played Grace, Grace Christian. Yeah, so, yeah. So, it's, it's probably one of theirs. They just probably had to schedule it for this late just to accommodate for both teams. But uh, basketball will be back in action Thursday. Going to be on the road um, at Saginaw over University Center. Take on the Cardinals. I believe it's 6 o'clock and 8 o'clock for those games. Don't know why they pushed them an hour back, but who knows, I guess. So, that'll be the starts of those games Special as well. Uh, as Wayne State will be um, hosting us on Saturday down in Detroit in the 313, Motor 1 o'clock and 3 o'clock. Bid is their oh. Detroit, Joe. That, they've made it very clear that mm-hmm. Wayne State, this is our Detroit. That's their motto. I literally right. have a bag tag from when we ran at Wayne State that says, well, they had uh, that this is their, our Detroit. On they it, had so. that on their Jumbotron for football. And then, uh, oops. Yeah, tough look. Oops. <laughs> Anyways, we'll get into the women's scores now. On Thursday, Saginaw Valley took on Davenport 62-46. to The Cardinals took down the Panthers. We took down Purdue Northwest 84-77. to Huge for the program. Parkside was able to get the weekend sweep against Lake Superior State 86-70. to Good win for them. Wayne State fell to Grand Valley State in a really close game, 81-44. to uh, Lakers took that one. Tough looks for them. Uh, Wayne State then couldn't get the job done on Saturday. 65-75 to 75 OT loss. Hate to see it for them. Tough sledding. Saginaw Valley fell to Grand Valley State in another close game, 71-32. to 32. As you can tell, that's being sarcastic. Uh, Parkside was able to beat us 75-66. to 66. Purdue Northwest fell to Lake State, 78-65. to 65. And another battle for North, for the up, uh, UP. I keep saying Northern Michigan and Michigan Tech. <laughs> 69 to 56, uh, the Huskies took on the Wildcats and beat them. That was a pretty good joke, Joe. Yeah. You know what that deserves? There Dude. you go. This is the first time that's Joe the first got the time sound we, effects. That's the first time we oh. got sound. I'll tell you what. The cool thing about this like studio is we got like, I mean, we can input the interviews after the game, which is sick. Oh, we got yeah. sound effects. Might have to get some new ones. A couple of them are a little bit. Little, play one. A little bit. They don't really Ooh, do to. I mean, we don't really get great. much. That was, yeah. I don't know how much we use. But the the mood in here, we got like some soft light. We got like some purple lighting and stuff like that. It is it is a mood for today's recording. It really is. I won't it's lie. just a, it it's is just nice. nice vibe. Some of the lights are turned off in the hallway because the building like isn't getting used right now. Yeah. If it. I'm not going to lie, us, man. It's, a, it's a solid time. It's a really solid time. It is. It is the one I won't forget. That is definitely for sure. But Exactly. Anyway, moving on over we go. Hockey Rock the next one. Was in action over in the Sioux this weekend. Got the split. Definitely not was what a, we wanted to see. No. I will say that. It was a good performance, but one we wanted more out of. I think it's This was one sure. that needed to be a sweep, uh, seeing that Lake State is the worst team in the uh, CCHA. Uh the one kind of part about Ferris hockey so far is it seems like that we play to our competition. Yes, most of the time. for sure. And that is pretty much a good thing and a bad a, thing. It's a good thing and a bad thing because we play a team like St. Thomas. I would say St. Thomas kind of stepping up a little bit. But when you go and you yeah, lose them 7-4, when you go and lose 7-4, 
Like, you, that just shouldn't happen. We go back and win 4-2 the next day, but, like, when you play Lake State, who's a team that has two wins on the whole season so far, and you go and let them score four on you and can't keep the train rolling after a 4-0 shutout at their place the first day, it's a little bit tough, but... One thing you can say, Giesbrecht is pretty solid so far. Very solid. I want to trademark the phrase Giesbrick wall. I think that Giesbrick definitely wall. will be used definitely on t-shirts sometime soon. You can find them. Just kidding. I'm not selling t-shirts. I mean, you know, you've seen Catholics versus convicts. I don't think I want to get, it. I don't think I want to get into that, into that kind of a trouble. So, uh, but no, definitely when you looked at these games, I mean, I watched a little bit of the Friday game. Um, I caught a little bit of the Saturday game on the way back from Grand Valley, which will catch the track and field recap here in just just a minute. Um, but I mean, yeah, it just looked like when you turn it back on and you were like, oh man, we're down three, nothing. This was just this, it, it was so disappointing of man, we can get a sweep, but we just haven't quite gotten over the hump. Um, Have I mean, we, we got a sweep this weekend. This uh, year? I don't I know. Oh, we state. did we te- uh, our Minnesota state. We got the sweep. Yeah. On Big the time. road, but that's our only sweep. Right? Yeah. I believe it or not. So, know. you know, it else. might just be that we're just, we're just waiting we're just for that. Split pack. Team. We're just yeah. waiting for packed England. That's mighty be what it is this weekend against Michigan Tech. We'll make it the start, and then we'll get Minnesota State. And hopefully we can definitely get at least a split from Bowling Green because obviously Bowling, Bowling Green's, Green's been rolling. Man. Yeah, they've been playing really well. We've probably given them a, probably a little bit too much uh, neglect as far as how good that that hockey team is. So they're yeah, starting right now. Right they're now still at the they're, top, right? They're fourteen and twelve overall, eleven wow. and seven in conference, and they are five points ahead of uh, Minnesota State, who's second right now with thirty, and they have thirty-five points. Wow, that's that's impressive. I'll give them credit. They're Ninety goals so far in eighteen games. Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. Well, almost so 90, 89, but you get the gist. I mean, that's that's still pretty good, but I uh-huh. mean, definitely you see how well they've played. But it's definitely hard to play down there in that that arena as well. One of the harder rinks to play, and I would say in the overall conference. But uh, I think definitely sweep not ideal. Whatever you got, at least the three. Right, we're still in striking distance. We can have a big weekend and make a big statement weekend because obviously. We're playing Michigan Tech, but I mean, definitely you got um, a lot of these other teams that are really are in a little bit of prime position. So it's almost like now we got a sweep here with some of the matchups that we got on deck here, Joe, of really a lot of these top teams are going to be playing um, like St. Thomas going to be playing, I believe, against Minnesota State. So you should expect uh, St. Thomas is taking on or excuse Bowling, me, Bowling Green. Green. You're right. So and you, Lake State is taking on Minnesota State. Yeah. So you should expect Bowling Green and Minnesota State to sweep and anything else should be a happy surprise. Right. Mm-hmm. But then. Right down there, Northern could play upset to Bemidji, and that would help us in an absolute huge mm-hmm. way when it comes to the standings. Yeah, because right now, between a big weekend sweep can put us ahead of Michigan Tech, because we'll have 20, what is it, 29, and they'll have 28. So we'll be, if we sweep this one, we will be third in the conference, most yeah. likely. Third or fourth. We That's will lock up fourth. That is home ice, and we'll be in a pretty solid spot. Bemidji needs to lose one to uh, Northern for us to be able to lock up third. And we need to sweep. If we don't sweep and we get swept, then we'll kind of still be chilling at the four, at the fifth spot in the league and we'll still be have a slight chance. We need to basically win out at that point to want to get home ice. Yeah. However, Minnesota State is two or three bad games in a row from dropping from second to fourth. Yep. If people around them start to pick it up a little bit, Bowling Green pretty much has it locked, a home ice at locked at this point. I don't think they're going to lose out this season by any means. So they'll probably keep that rock in a number one spot, one, two, or three. It could really be anybody's spot to get home ice between Michigan State, Michigan Tech, Bemidji, Ferris, Northern. And I could see St. Thomas make a little bit of a surprise. If they could get a run here and really start to play pretty solidly coming up against uh, some of the other teams that they have to play, I could see them play upset against Bowling Green if they really want to. It's at St. Thomas. It's a cold rink. That could be something that they could play to their advantage a little bit. It's going to be a crazy long drive for Bowling Green to go there. That's like what? 15, 16, 17 hours. Yeah, pretty much. It's a long way around. And man. it's snowing really bad in Minnesota. So. <laughs> yeah, true. And no snow here, though. <laughs> yeah, it's, sure. it's just rain. Rain in Big Rapids. It's yeah. Seattle is what they call it. Yeah, it's kind of, it is the PNW literally over here. But it seems like we've had a really docile winter. But anyway, getting off track a little bit. But uh, yeah, I mean, definitely you saw. Uh, I don't, I don't want to say like the games were like too much differently. They certainly were notably. I mean, obviously the score tells that by itself, but I just, it just felt like there wasn't as much response in that. 
that Saturday game, you could tell Lake State was motivated after getting mm-hmm. kind of getting really getting their butts whooped at home uh, against a, a team that they feel that they can definitely beat in us. But uh, definitely, I think when it comes down to it, uh, I think this might be best for this team. I'm not necessarily saying we would have loved to sweep. Obviously, a sweep would have been a much better. But some of these times where, yeah, they know they should sweep. We've like we've heard how much that these guys want to get these sweeps and get the six points. When you don't get that kind of leaves a little bad taste in your mouth, especially coming mm-hmm. after the break, obviously getting a little of that rust out. We got to keep that in fact and sure being able to play uh, another 60 minute hockey game after 60 minutes the night before certainly is tough by itself. Um, but I think definitely this could be the best for this team of, Hey, we needed a sweep and we didn't get it. Now we got to respond and we got to go take down Michigan tech. Who's going to lock, and load their fan base on their way up here. And they're definitely going to give us as much as they can handle here at Ingle Glaben this upcoming weekend. Yeah. Uh, I'm really excited too, because from what we've been seeing, Ingle Glaben should be packed. I know Michigan tech travels really well. Uh, I know that we're going to be pretty excited now that uh, hockey has kind of hockey and basketball have kind of become the main ones for our students to go to. Hopefully that means it's going to be a little bit more people there. I know it's going to be an exciting time, Brandon. I'm gonna have a new role for uh, for this little Ooh. for this little thing. I think you're gonna be chilling out. Are you doing color? Are you, uh, I'm, I'm do TBD right now. TBD. Uh, who's being, it's going to be either me or Brody. So we'll find out. Might be a flip of a coin. Might be a split weekend. Might Who knows? Be. We'll see. But your boys, the intermission report, uh, report guy, as said by Harrison. So I don't know if it's going to be Friday or Saturday or both days. I don't know, but we'll see. But yeah, it's going to be an exciting time. Huge for the program. Huge for the program. You guys are going to absolutely love that segment, by the way. But coming up this I weekend. The, I got the green light to basically say what I want. Green. So. Oh, gosh. This is going to be electric. So here's what. If you can't make it to Engelglaben, which also, by the way, uh, you should. And you, you should in, in a account? hurry because tickets are going fast, y'all. We've already heard the rumors of it already selling up. out quickly. You're lame if you don't show up. Yeah, which also Michigan Tech is trying to buy out more tickets than us. Guys, we cannot let that happen. Okay. We do not want that to happen. So. Friday at 7.07, Saturday at 6.07. Be there, be square. Get your tickets now. Hurry at BullFerrisStateBulldogs.com so we can rock the dog pound. Because let me tell you what, this team plays better when the fans are in the stands. It's a fact. We've proven it. We've seen it in the numbers, in the analysis. More people, more wins, more happiness, home ice. Absolutely great time for hockey games. Absolutely. Cool. Anyway, finishing out the Ferris State Sports Report, track was in action this weekend. Bob Eubanks Open, the season opener for 2023. What happened, Brandon? A lot of good stuff, Joe. Thanks for asking. But uh, definitely was a great starter up. I mean, uh, certainly for uh, a lot of guys, I mean, especially those that um, didn't necessarily get the 2022 opener uh, due to the long cross-country season. So really everybody getting the rust off. But uh, 23 top 10 finishes, as uh, mentioned in the recap. So I think that shows that we did pretty darn good. Good down in Allendale um, against a lot of good teams like Aquinas and Cornerstone and Davenport and GV and all of those good teams. So uh, even Northwestern was there. Uh, what they were doing there, I'm not sure. But what Northwestern is there. So we were competing against some Big Ten people. So, uh, But certainly some notable ones. Andrew Shaffley uh, took the dub in the 800, sub two time of 159. So certainly cool for him. Kevin Wilson was third. Van Dam, uh, Lucas Van Dam, that is, with uh, fifth place. Van Solkoma, Gavin Van Solkoma, that is, uh, two or three. It's really hard for me to not say their nicknames because obviously like just rolling yeah. with the last name because they're both named Gavin, but... Uh, Emma Stefan, fifth in the weight throw, as well as Claudia Wilkinson, sixth overall in the high jump. Rebecca Marvin was also eighth in the weight throw. Uh, let's see. Kayla Muth was sixth in the 400-meter dash, as well as Abby Winkle, two, in seventh in the 200. Uh, Danae Felsbosch, second overall in the 800, as well as Daisy England was third. And Taylor Huntoon, fifth, which also shout out to Taylor. First race back um, since her foot surgery back. So mm. congrats to her. Um, as well as Naya Tyron got third overall in the 60 meter hurdle final. Uh, great race from mm-hmm. Donis Harris, second in the mile. Ladies and gentlemen, your number two fastest mile in Ferris State history was done this weekend by Donis. 4.15. Oh, yeah. Ab- absolutely cooking. I mean, he w- it was certainly That's cool to fast. see that. So, uh, yeah, he's, That is fast. He is very fast. So anybody that knows how far a mile is, 4.15. mile is a long way. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. But, I mean, that was, that was just ridiculous how... He's running Easy 15 miles an hour the whole time. 
Wow, that's um, that's some fantastic math, Joe. I mean, no, that was fan, that was fantastic. But um, some other ones, Kyle Drew. That fifth, sound effect lasts a long time. It does last a long time. Uh, Kyle Drew fifth in the weight throw. Uh, Josiah Flora was fifth in triple jump. Aaron Pierce sixth in long jump. The four by four teams also ran their butts off um, and did really well. So those are the the notable ones. Um, but certainly a lot of great overall performances. Everybody uh, getting their first races in, showing a lot of potential. The floor was already set uh, for the overall the low season bar and we already surpassed it in in race one. So I think that Joe shows you just how good this team could be um, and we're definitely got a lot more depth than we expected this year and we already knew that there was going to be a pretty deep Solid team. So. first race. Yeah, we'd like to shout out all the a lot of the freshmen for how well they competed this weekend because it was their first man. first collegiate indoor meet and a lot of them showed up, especially in a big way. So, uh, congrats to them Bart for a great performance, him. but uh, a lot of the veterans, obviously uh, been seen there, done it, um, will definitely be uh, running some fast times and jumping and running and uh, doing all the great things at the end of the year. So uh, next will be uh, the SVSU Classic over in University Center at Saginaw coming up on Friday. Um, that'll be starting, I believe, sometime around 2 o'clock. So if you're in the, over in the Saginaw area, hey, come check us out and run. Um, and then we'll try to get back here um, for the weekend. I'll be sure to see uh, everybody, all the fans, uh, on Saturday at the hockey game. So hopefully you guys rock wink and hopefully we rock it in Saginaw and everybody wins mm-hmm. for the Bulldogs this weekend. Yeah. Let's get it. Let's big get time. after it. Big time, we big say. Big time. It's going to be a good time. So let me yeah. tell you what. Let me tell you what, though. The indoor oxygen. Oh, I forgot how bad it is, bro. It's so bad. Oh, for like breathing and stuff Yeah, like dude. It is literally so hard. Like you just. It's I, like warm. Well, I mean, it's just recycled air that you're bringing in oh, yeah, constantly and it's 70 you know, degrees. Oxygen so, tanks, like, yeah. Yeah. You need like literally a space helmet <coughs> just to get me. clean oxygen in. But no, I, we were probably, I think we, I could speak on behalf of a lot of the, um, especially the running athletes. Uh, I probably spent after my race about probably a good seven to 10 minutes of just hacking um, just from how dry could it you not felt go after something. Uh, well, I went outside, but it was just still just trying oh, yeah. to get clean air and just trying to not have dry throat it was just really hard but um i mean super super good races overall all the way around from everybody wish i could get to everybody but uh i would we would spend too much time on the show and we got a lot of things to cover here joe so we'll true we do we do so we'll take a break we'll be right back here with the second half for the mbsp are you a fair state student interested in getting into audio production music podcasting, or even DJing, Bulldog Radio could be the place for you with plenty of opportunities and hands-on experience within not only these realms, but the marketing and social media opportunities outside. Join us to have your voice heard. No other place than Bulldog Radio. Welcome back from the break, everybody. It was about 20 minutes for us. It's less than a second for you guys. <laughs> We're going to talk some college basketball. Brandon did a little bit uh, last Friday talking about some teams to watch out for, but we decided to kind of do a little more overrated, underrated segment here, kind of going through Ooh. the whole country, what teams we like to see, who we think might make some noise, and which teams we think are just going to fall apart. It's a little bit similar to what Brandon did, but a little bit different at the same time. So, Brandon, I think we can go down 1 to 25, uh, kind of go with some of those teams, and then we can just kind of go through the standings from some other the conferences throughout the country and which ones we think are going to be able to see later on. Yeah, absolutely. So with the top 25, obviously Houston, I think is a juggernaut. I think yeah, they are, they are that perfectly team. rated. Yeah. I think that they, you would put that as like the, uh, um, as Gary V would say, the properly rated category. Yeah. I think, I mean, their defense is phenomenal. Um, I think really when you look at how well they've played offensively this year, um, I think Ooh. definitely has stood out and I think that they could be a team um, that I think can do a lot of damage. I think really when it comes down to it, I think I am a little scared though. Uh, obviously with Houston as a number one seed, they're not as necessarily the most established team. They have made a couple runs mm-hmm. in the tournament. So I'm personally not worried. I think that a lot of people um, just take the blue bloods for granted. And I think we'll get to that here in a minute on some of those picks. But uh, I think Houston um, is definitely in the properly rated category. Um, I mean, they're the best defense in the country scoring wise, only 52.9 points per game. That's elite, and they've done a much better job of scoring the basketball overall, and I think that they have what it takes to really force a lot of teams into bad habits, and I think that they are a team that can really mess things up in March Madness as a pretty clear-cut number one seed here in this upcoming March NBA tournament. 
Mm-hmm. NCAA tournament. Whoa, NBA tournament. Houston <coughs> could beat the Pistons. Houston, Houston no. could might be. Uh, no, I'm, I'm no, just no, kidding. No, I'm just no, kidding. No. Let's not get too crazy no, far ahead no, of ourselves. No, no. Number two in the stand or in the rankings right now is Kansas. Kansas, obviously, being the reigning national champions. I think they're. Oh, they're rated pretty all right right now. I'm more excited to see what they see later because I think they could be a little bit more over. They're probably going to be over it later on, kind of if they keep it going. Because I think they could be like a three, four, five loss team and they'll still be like in the top five, most likely just with who they have now and kind of what they're going to be able to do with it. Kansas hasn't been able to put like a crazy amount of points on the board so far this year. I think their most is 90 and they're averaging. Most of the time, 60 to 70 points. So that's not going to be crazy good. I think when you get to the point where you're going to get to the uh, tournament time, where you're going to have teams that are going to be putting up a lot of points in the first part of it, because you could be prone to some upsets there if you're not really getting going with the, with the offense. However, their defense has been really solid. So I think they're, I think they're going to be overrated in Ooh. about two or three weeks. They're perfectly rated right now because they're 16-1, and one, obviously, in their 10-game streak. But they're going to be over in about three, four weeks. Oh, okay. All right. So number three, Purdue Boilermakers. And as we're recording this, oh, clutch. Big time. Big time win. Close win. Close. At Breslin against I was late to recording because I was watching that game. Yeah, it was. I was watching that game too. So, hey, we were both late to our own show. So I guess. Uh, that's, I guess really we're both on time. Yeah, we're both on time. That's exactly right. Exactly. Um, I'm. I think a, I had to read that one. Yeah, I'm a little skeptical about the I think they're overrated. But I think they're overrated. I think they are a little bit as well, but I think... Not a crazy amount. I think they could be a six I think or seven. Sli- I think they're slightly overrated. They're like That's three what I spots overrated. Yeah, because I think Zach Eady should definitely be, especially with his performance Dude's insane. today, he should be considered for player of the year. No no, no question about it. And I think that team has the makeup to be a really good team. Um, they have Fletcher Lawyer at the guard position who's their second leading scorer. Um, he's a pretty solid shooter overall. He needs to get better though. And I think the overall, they're, they're very one-dimensional. I think not necessarily like saying they're just mm. one dimensional, but they are very heavy one dimensional when it comes to um, beating teams on the glass. They always, they always trying have to play man. big big man ball, big man balls. Yeah, and I think that gives them some fits sometimes, especially against like a team like the Spartans, for example, that I have a Played little bit small. more speed and more small ball and can shoot the rock a little bit. And you could see that against some teams overall this season. I mean, overall they're seventeen and one. Their one loss was against Rutgers. A Small ball team. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how it kind of rolls. They can play physical, yeah, but their primary way is, I mean, they beat them shooting the three ball. They shot 42% from three. Purdue did not shoot the basketball well uh, because Rutgers really limited their game inside, and mm-hmm. that gave them, them out. the way to get to 10-4 and four and get that win. So I think they're just slightly overrated. I think they're still in that top four. Uh, I think that you play some properly uh, at about four or five. Yeah, that's the same thing that happened with them last year, and basically every year they get to the tournament, it's always like produce a team that can compete. They're second, third, first in the first in their bracket, and then they go out second round exit, third round exit. There's not been a lot of times where they've made it to the elite eight or beyond that. So I think you're going to see them really go down a little bit more as the Big Ten. The Big Ten is a little bit depleted, I would say, but against the ranked teams in the Big Ten, Purdue probably is going to struggle with them the most. Alabama is at number four, 15 and two overall, six game win streak. Brandon, what do you think of that? SEC basketball is starting to pick it up a little bit. Alabama, I have like a little bit of hesitancy towards Alabama. And that's not because they're not, a. that's, it's really just because I think the sec right now has been very depleted. So I think it's making them look a lot better than they actually mm-hmm. are. It so, was really good like a year and two years ago, but yeah, I think it still was a pretty all right. Yeah. I mean, when Auburn's in there, they're not, they're not bad, but I think right now, Arkansas like, you're there? seeing the, So really when you look at the top teams in Auburn and Arkansas, those teams aren't as consistently good as they were in years past. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I think really has given them some fits when it comes to um, overall what they could do in March. Because, I mean, they've won some pretty good games. I mean, they beat uh, Michigan State when they were ranked. They they took down North Carolina as the number one team. I think that they're a good basketball team, um, as well as beating number one Houston. I think they're very good. The problem is, uh, I think when it comes down to it, um, right now with what's kind of going around on that program, I'm sh- I know you guys heard probably Joe and uh, a lot of the other fans out there, but I think that could be a bump on the road for this team, uh, potentially with a guy leaving I due to some of those, those allegations. I mean, it's probably going to be a bump in the road. Yeah. I think, th- I think they're going to drop down a little bit, but I think right now, 
I think Alabama kind of came into this season a little bit overrated, but I think with a lot of their ranked wins, and I think their only loss of the season, if I remember correctly, or excuse me, their only two losses was um, the UConn. were against yep, UConn and Gonzaga, who are both top 20 mm-hmm. teams. And right now, and I they believe put up a both good amount of top points. 15 teams as well. And those against, are tight I mean, games. UConn, they didn't, but most of the time, they put up a lot of points. They're a high scoring team. Yeah. So I think as that goes on, but like you said, a little bit of stuff going on internally with the team. So yeah, I, I would almost say that they're properly rated right now. Properly rated right now, but they're going to fall and then be properly rated again. Exactly. There you go. Number five is UCLA. UCLA, as Joe likes to put it. And I think Joe might actually, do you like the Bruins? I do, man. All right. I liked them. I liked them a little bit ago. Um, I'm trying to figure out uh, one thing about it, but like they've been playing pretty well. Jamie, is it Jock or Jaquette? How do you pronounce the last name? Talking about Johnny Juzang? Yeah. Well, no, Jamie, the back, like number 24, their guy. Oh, he's been playing pretty solid. Oh, yeah, he has. I think when you look at a lot of these players overall, Jack has been an underrated player. I would say definitely for sure. Is it Jack is? Jack is, yeah. Well, I don't I mean, know what it People is. know who you're I'm talking about. I'm just going to say yeah. Jamie Jr. is what I'm going to say. <laughs> Jamie Jr. Yeah, but like the Pac-12, I'm trying to scoot over. Also, terrible web design by Google for this too as well. <laughs> the Pac-12 is a team that really I feel like can make some noise, especially in their conference. They've been having some pretty good teams so far. I mean, especially overall too with the rankings. I mean, I know uh, Arizona's up there, I think, right, in the rankings. Yep. Uh, Arizona State could really make some noise. But there's also other teams in there that I think, you know, there's a lot of teams already there that are already over double-digit points, or, or excuse me, double-digit uh, wins in the column. So I think with this, they're really solidly rated. The Pac-12 is always a team that does pretty solid uh, later on in the season. So it's one of the tougher conferences in college basketball. So I think UCLA to have a 16-2 record right now, 11-0 and in home, they're a pretty solid team. And I think that's going to be pretty, pretty well-ranked and pretty uh, – Solidly rated. Okay, so there you go. Uh, the next team up on the list, um, I think when you look at this team, you obviously know they're going to be up there every year. This talk overrated. about Gonzaga, of overrated. course. Overrated. 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 They you always are. Overrated. Okay. Always are. Tell us why. They Gonzaga is a team that every single year is like, they're winning the chip, man. They're winning the chip. They're going to go crazy. It's like Drew Timmy. He's going to be a superstar. And you know what happens when it gets to March Madness? Probably eight times out of ten, they're probably they're not going to do well. They're not going to win it. I mean, they be or they got to the championship game when they got the buzzer beater against UCLA. Was it two, three years ago when Jalen Suggs was playing? Boy, that's not really going to do anything. I mean, you had Chet Holmgren, who was the best player in college basketball last year, didn't win the chip. You're going to have it this year. You're not going to win the chip. You're probably going to go crazy because your your uh, conference is so bad that. You just get so highly ranked up. Yeah, you get some ranked wins and stuff like that. But when it comes down to it, Gonzaga can never really have the consistency to be a championship winning team. I'm going to say overrated all year. I know some people are going to say they're properly rated right now because they've beaten Alabama, who at the time, or was Alabama lower or above them? I can't remember at the time. Uh, I believe they were lower at the time. Yeah. I think it was like a four and six matchup. But like something like that. It was pretty like close. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, but Gonzaga, once you put them against ranked teams more than, you know, four or five times in their schedule, which is tough because they have such a bad conference, but I don't think you're really going to see much from them later yeah. on. So I'll disagree with you that they are very overrated to say that they Lame. are slightly Lame. overrated. Lame. What do you mean? Oh, we they can't are, have, dude. We can't have a disagreement. We oh can. You can be wrong on the dis- disagreement. Okay, calm down. Lame. Here's why. I think they're definitely an overrated team for how they've played their schedule this year because they've lost big time games. And right now they're in the heat, obviously, of the WCC, which we know they're going to roll through. No question about it. Uh, But I think what makes them an intriguing team, I think, is I think really kind of relatable, honestly, to Ferris's team that they're very deep. Julian Strother guy that can put up 30 some nights. He averages about 14 points. He's a really good shooter for that squad. Razier Bolton has been a huge guy that has stepped up for that squad. You obviously have Drew Timmy, uh, but you have a lot of these guys that really contribute off the bench and their efficiency is still pretty good. It's not as good as it was uh, last year with Mark View's squad, but obviously I think that they will still be that good of an efficiency team that I think that they're still going to make it out of the West Coast. I think they're going to be just fine. Uh, St. Mary's is really going to be the only team that stands in their way like it always is year after year. Um, I think that they're still a top 10 team. I don't think they're number six team in the t- nation, though. I think that they're more towards nine or 10. 
I say you probably put them at like 12 or 11. Okay. If you were to actually have them play some. Does that qualify as extremely overrated though? To put For, in no, because here's the thing. Every year, Gonzaga's top five. They always are. Right. Preseason polls all throughout the season, they're top right. five. But then you get to the point, they drop a game or something like that. They get to the tournament. They're. Uh, elite eight team, which you could say like is wow, that's really good. But for a team that's had so much talent go through that for the past five years, Chet Holmgren, Jalen Suggs, all those guys that should be having them be a championship caliber team. Andrew Timmy, who for some reason is like the college basketball Jesus for so many people. And you're not winning a college basketball championship. I can't get behind them for this because it's just, they're always that way that they're just going to be, Oh, we're the best team in the country. And then it's like, oh, well, guess what? We're actually not because we're going to drop all these games. We're not going to be able to back it up ever. Okay. I'm just a Gonzaga hater. I'm a D1 hater against Gonzaga. Ah, okay. I see how it is. It's what it is. All but right. it's justified. Yes. Next one on deck. Um, I so believe we're now the number seven is yep. Texas. Texas. Ah, this one's tough. I think. I think they're pretty solidly rated right now. I think that they... Mm, this one's tough because obviously Chris Beard. Um, that's I think you just gotta give this one time. That, like. Yeah, this one will probably take time. We'll say we'll say I um, we'll say um, what what would be the properly word then? Um, futurely rated. We we can say that one because this team. I think we need to still see um, a little bit more of them as the season kind of mm. goes on to really get a true because we want to know well, what this team is, is though, without is big, Chris Beard. The Big Twelve is like. The best conference right now. Right. So I think so, you're really going to see a good test. And whoever comes out of that one is going to be like really, really properly rated. Yeah. For whoever is going to be good. And I think you can even tell, say whoever comes out of that one lower on the totem pole could say they're going to be way underrated because of how good this team is. I mean, TCU is what? Uh, 14th right now? Something like that? Yeah. TCU is 14th. Kansas yeah. State 13th. Uh, there's another one in there that I can't remember. That I was looking at earlier. I'm trying to get over to that. Um, big 12, big 12, big 12. Sorry, terrible radio right now. <laughs> I'm just watching Joe. Like I'm trying to scramble as much as I can. Kansas State is number one. Kansas State, or Kansas State, Kansas up there, Kansas State is ranked. Texas is ranked. Iowa State is ranked. TCU is ranked. Baylor is ranked. And I think that's it for who is Baylor ranked? In there. Or they barely, Baylor's 21. Oh, so they're barely back in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Last they're time I checked, there. they were not in there. So they're barely there. But you have so that's six teams right there that are already <laughs> yeah, ranked. Your top six teams already ranked. So whoever comes like sit like middle of the pack out of there could be could make a viable option uh to make it to the tournament. Yeah. I, I think this is one of the most under the most underrated conferences, I think, when it gets to the end of the season. The Big Twelve? Yeah. Oh yeah. They're gonna they're actually gonna cause problems. In but Texas the, perfectly rated. Yeah. I think in the the bracketology, I think that this that Texas team, I think the also Texas team, I think is actually slightly underrated. And I think that they're gonna mm-hmm. bounce back a lot better. Um but I think yeah the Big Twelve dude, they're gonna mess up the wild. bracket so bad because they're gonna beat each other. Kansas is gonna beat Texas. Texas is gonna be yeah, Iowa it's gonna, State. Iowa State's gonna it's be gonna Kansas be State. Like, Kansas it's gonna State be like the Pac twelve in football, but it's not gonna be the circle of suck. It's just gonna be all these teams are so good that it's a toss up. Right, exactly. And that's the way basketball should be. It should mm-hmm. be a lot of those great matchups. Uh next one on deck Xavier. This one's easy. This team's overrated. Yep. Here's why. They really Talk haven't, they haven't played a lot of great competition. That's one. Um they've lost some bad games and all especially some bad games at home, which is where you should be better overall. Um, that's number two. And number three, I think um, when you look at overall their conference, um, it is not going to prepare them for tournament play. So I guess pretty booty. I guess right now, I think that they're going to be very overrated by the end of the season. But right now, I think that they are just going to be simply overrated um, because I think they still like they're like a top. They're a top 10 offensive team. Um, in the country, they're putting up points, but yeah, but defense is not these are against work. defenses that haven't been developed yet. Cincinnati's very, very one heavy, uh, more offensive team. You got like teams like St. John's who, uh, ever since Phil Martelli left have changed their identity. You've got Marquette that always wants to make it a shootout. Um, and a lot of these other teams where they got exploited against some of these better, uh, offensive teams like Duke, for example, like, uh, you know, Indiana even beat them. Um, and then uh, especially with Gonzaga, they got exposed a little bit. They still kept that game tight, which I was very Mm -hmm. surprised. But I think Xavier, um, I think that they still have some really good talent. I think uh, when you look at Sully Boom, who's their leading scorer, I think that across the the starting lineup, that team really has some great scores. But I think now when you look at some of these other teams up on the list, Houston, 
Kansas, Purdue. Um, I would even put potentially a team like a gritty team like Texas up there. I think that those defenses and even some of them below that we'll get to here in a minute, um, I think will really can slow down mm-hmm. Xavier. So in that comparison, I think that there may be more of like a 13 or a 14 type of team, maybe making an argument for 12, 11 if they win a couple of these next big games. But right now, overrated in my mind for the Musketeers. Yeah, I think so too. Almost out of the top 10 right now at Tennessee at number nine. I think once we hit the after the top 10, we'll get a little bit faster yeah. with our uh, indulgences here. But regardless, Tennessee at number nine, what do you think of Brandon? SEC basketball back in it. I think you got to make <laughs> the argument. a big sip of water? Yeah, I did just take a sip of water here to catch my breath. But Tennessee, I think, is a, I think is a properly rated team with a question mark. And here's why. Tennessee, when I look at this team, just based off of what I've looked into, like I said, I haven't watched all of these teams. I've looked at a lot of the analytics and the research, and I've seen a couple of their games and the results and those sort of things. I think we might be taking Tennessee a little bit for granted for how good they are because they have caught some teams at the at a bad time. You know, Maryland, they played really well defensively, but Maryland's a much better offensive team to put up 53 points. And that's how they beat them, right? You look at Kansas. They held Kansas to 50. That or that was a game that Kansas really did not play their best offensive game. And I'm not saying Tennessee's a good defensive team, right? Uh, I was going to say there's not one. a lot of there's not a lot of games that they're Yeah, they're the number 2, they're like the number 60. 2 scoring defense in college basketball. That's really good, right? But the problem I have is like when you look at it, Kansas really had a lot of they had some good looks in that game. I'm not saying like Tennessee shouldn't have beat them. Like Tennessee should have beat them in that game. But this is, I think what we're seeing from Tennessee um, is a little bit, not necessarily of inconsistency, for example. Um, but I think right now, when you look at a lot of these games that they've played, I think that they've caught a lot of teams at the wrong time, especially a lot of the ranked teams, because we know that they rolled through their non-conference schedule and they blew some teams up. And then that's how the, once they got into those close, bigger time games, beating a 13 ranked Maryland, barely losing to Arizona, who was nine at the time. I think that we're going to see their true, true colors when we get down into February, when they take on Auburn, when they take on Bama, yeah. they're going to play Kentucky, they're going to play Arkansas. I think that's when we'll truly tell because we haven't seen them play all those teams yet. All we've seen is them play like the Kansases, the the Marylands, and the Arizonas that I just mentioned, and they just lost to Kentucky, who is not ranked anymore and probably one of the most overrated teams right now if we were to both agree, Joe. So right now, I think Tennessee... Slide them in right at the 10 spot or the 9 spot. I think they're properly rated, but I think this team is going to be... What what would be the the phrase? There's gonna be a, there's gonna be a strong test for them, and if they are able to pass the test, I feel like then you can say they are pretty underrated. Team. Here, here's what I would call them. Get, would get ready for this. I think that they're overly rated, underrated. That's what I think. I think that so there's how that makes perfect sense. To yes, me. I think that there are too many teams and other coaches and analysts that are saying that they're underrated. I think that they're I so yes, I guess you could convert that to slightly underrated, but I think there's too many people that are saying that this team should be a top five team. Okay. Slow the roll. That's all I'm saying. I think they're right where they're at. I think they're properly rated. The hype of them being underrated is not. Yes. That's exactly what I'm saying. There's way too much hype of them being an underrated team. They're not as underrated as people make it out to be. Exactly. So number 10, the Cavaliers, once a team that lost to the old retrievers, the 16 seed to national champions the year later, Joe. Wow. You a fan of this Virginia Cavalier squad this year at 13 and three? I think so. I think so. I mean, ACC basketball has kind of taken a dump these past few, yeah. I feel like these past few years. I the think, coaches are gone. Yeah, I was going to say Williams, once Roy Coach Williams K. left, Coach K left, it's been a little bit different. I mean, North Carolina last year really showed out. I mean, that's the eighth seed going to the national championship. But I think as a total, you're going to see a huge shift in the next like year uh, in college basketball as a whole. You're still seeing it already. I mean, the Big 12 is starting to go crazy. That was that we already mentioned. SEC is kind of starting to go off a little bit. Big 10 is kind of starting to fall off now, as we've seen. Anyways, back to Virginia. I like this team. They're a team that really does uh, shooting well from the past couple of years. They've kind of struggled with getting a lot of points on the board. They've been sitting around like just 60 area like that so far. Um, and the team that they've lost to, I mean, they lost to Houston. Uh, they lost to Miami, who is ranked as well. Uh, but a lot of the wins, you're not seeing them put up crazy amount of numbers, like 80 or 90 or something like that. You're seeing them coast around 70. Their defense is starting to pick it up a little bit. I think it's the same thing. I think they're right where they need to be. You know, they're not a team who's going to like go crazy, have a 90 
stretch of 90 point games for four or five games in a row where they just light it up from three, but they're not going to be a team that's just fallen for fallen to all these unranked teams. They're going to go in, do the job. If they're supposed to win, they're going to win. If it's slated that they're going to lose, they could upset. So I think they're perfectly rated where they're at number 10. All right, there you go. I also, th- I would think that they're an underrated team. I think yeah. that they can be. I think they're a slight edge of being perfectly rated and underrated. Yeah, because I think when you looked at them statistically, they're a top five team in the country. It's just the turnover ratio. They're very <laughs> yeah. efficient with finding open shooters. Yeah. Uh, I think the shooting is something that could probably see a lot of teams as, oh, maybe they're a little overrated because obviously we've seen that in years past with Mark Bennett teams where you don't put up 55 points against UMBC. You lose, obviously. But then when yeah. you hit shots the rest of the tournament, hey, there you go. That's, That's how you want a natty. So I think that they're underrated. I think mm. you could flip. Excuse me. What I think I would do with this rankings, I would probably at least to where it's at right now, I think that the biggest change that you could probably do um, is put Virginia at six, Gonzaga seven, and then uh, I would put Xavier, uh, or no, excuse me, I would put Virginia at six, Gonzaga at seven, Texas eight, then Tennessee nine, Xavier 10. I think that's what I would yeah. do. So, uh, Respect to that one. Yes. Anyway, we'll get through. Um, Excuse me. Let's Jeez. look at some notable teams through the rest of the 15 and then even on the outside. If yeah. You, if you want we'll to do this kind of like rapid fire here. Yeah. So I think one of the teams that I really like on this list overall, um, and I've always been a real, I've been a pretty good fan of this team, honestly, for years to come now is, uh, is a UConn. I think that they're a really good team. I think what you see out of UConn um, is a team that that's a women's is, basketball school. What? What are you talking about? I was about, just joking. Whoa, that, that's just whoa, whoa. Whenever you hear UConn basketball, you think women's basketball. I'm not knocking them. I think they're doing pretty good this year. I'm just saying, don't come at me with that hostility. I just wow. Like, UConn okay. is known as a women's basketball school. I'm just joking. And just Kemba joking Walker. That's really what it is. Kemba Walker. Cardiac Kemba for sure. But exactly. uh, overall, they've had a really rough stretch. And I think when you look yeah, at it, tough. At, the, at the way they played at the beginning of the season, this team was definitely going to be a top tier team. And really, they just kind of found themselves in a funk, which really um, they've played three of their last five on the road. And now it'll be four out of six when they play on Wednesday against Seton Hall. Um, so I think that that makes it a little bit tougher for this team on the outlook because obviously losing to uh, teams like St. John's, for example, yeah, but they tough. lost, they lost to some good teams. Creighton um, was a team that they were able to beat. Um, I mean, Marquette is a ranked team right now. Um, so I think you look at how, I think that the, I think you could definitely agree <coughs> the big East is almost always underrated every year because like yeah. they always are well, these you, small they, programs you always that toss are like, able to just beat teams. Yeah. And always like four, four of them get into the tournament almost every year. I mean, Creighton's a team that you usually see every other year. St. John's we've seen a couple of times. Seton Hall's a big one. UConn sometimes, Villanova, all these guys. Georgetown. Yeah. Well, Georgetown when Mac McClung was there. Georgetown, Mac McClung. Yeah. I mean, that, that was just ridiculous with yeah, some of the wild. things that he'd done. Uh, but yeah, UConn definitely brings um, a lot of great overall play. I think offensively and defensively, they can beat you both ways. I think uh, Jordan Hawkins is a very good scorer. Um, I think Adam um, Sanago, is that his name? Could be one of the, the most improved players um, overall throughout the year. They don't necessarily have uh, like necessarily like a whole like top guy. Like those guys pretty much are interchangeable when it comes to like who you'd vote as a top player. And they don't have a lot of guys like in as wire as versatility wise um, that make this team like really, really good. Uh, but I think the biggest thing really when it comes down to it is um, they average 38 boards a game, which uh, you know, against a lot of these big East teams um, is pretty good, especially the fact of how physical that those games play. Uh, I th- really want to see them be better from three point range. I think that's what that needs to improve at where they're like at 35. So I think I could see why people think they're uh, a little more overrated. I'm going to say they're slightly underrated though, because I think that when you see them start to get back on a hot streak, like UConn has shown in years mm-hmm. past, uh, lodged mm-hmm. when you were just talking about cardiac Kemba. But I think that they can pick up some wins at home against uh, Marquette. They're going to be playing at home against Providence later this season. Um, they're going to be hosting Xavier. They're going to be playing against Butler. Um, they're going to play against Villanova. They, they've already beaten this year. I think those are going to be when they get back on track. I think they're just kind of getting dumped in the rankings because they've been on a little bit of a skid. And I think some of these teams that actually go on these four-game skids are better than teams that lose one out of every three games. And that can actually make a run in March. So that's why I like the Huskies right now as an underrated team in the top 25. I think they could be a top 12 team. 
Respect, man. Respect. What, what team you got on your mind, Joe? Uh, I'm trying to pull up some stuff. Uh, one team that I think is heavily underrated is Rutgers at 23. Oh. Uh, they're, I mean, Big Ten, like we said, a little bit not good. Uh, but they're a team upset Purdue already. Uh, and Rutgers last year played upset to a lot of good teams. I mean, they upset, I think they upset Michigan. Purdue this they year? They upset Purdue last year. I mean, they're going to play, they're going to keep on going, especially with what they've been able to produce so far. Uh, they're going to be playing Michigan State come Thursday. And Michigan State should be ranked. I think if you talk about they teams will that be ranked. aren't ranked, yeah. if you talk about teams that aren't ranked right now, it should be Michigan State is like number one. Yeah, they I wonder be, how many do, how many votes that they received in the last poll. I'd be yeah. very curious. I'll look they'd that up while you like, keep going. I feel like they'd have to be like, they're not going to be anything like lower than 20, but I think they should be like 20 and up, like 20 to 25. Michigan yeah, somewhere State somewhere in there. But, uh, let's see. Michigan State received 29 votes. I think that I mean that puts them around uh, overall in that order is like 30 as far as where they are put at right now in the uh, the AP poll. Um, but however, in the coaches poll, they're like 27 or 28. So yeah. I think that can kind of shows you that they probably this are being next, slept on a little bit. But them barely almost beating Purdue, I think is going to have them jump over some other teams. For example, like Florida Atlantic is in front of them and Wisconsin, who they beat literally beat the, almost the breaks off of them if they they could have in the Cole Center uh, in the last game. So I think that they'll distance themselves and get up to like 26 and then mm. even maybe 25, especially... Um, with your boy, with your team, uh, Rutgers definitely um, making a lot of noise this year. If that Michigan State mm. could be Rutgers, and that would obviously I think them a really. If you, <clears throat> you gotta say in the next like in their next six games, this is their next like six or seven game schedule at Michigan State, at the Breslin Center. That's one of the toughest places to play in college basketball. Penn State should be a dub. Penn State is twelve and five right now. They're gonna be a good team. They're playing Iowa who's fourth in the Big Ten right now at 4-3, and 12-6 overall. So a very solid team. I think they're on like a couple-game win streak right now. Against Minnesota, Michigan State again, but that time it's at home. They play Indiana, who I think is like 9-1 and one at home, right? Something like that. Something wild. And then they play Illinois, who also is 9-1 and one at home. So you're going to be playing against a lot of these teams who the Big Ten, like we said, not great. I keep saying I keep It's like beating a dead horse at this point. But if you see... Rutgers really come away with a five of one uh, record out of these next six games or something. I would say you got to put them up near the 15, 16 spot or something like that, because there's a lot of good teams that they're going to be playing. They're also a team that's been playing pretty solidly when it comes to defense. They haven't been giving up a whole lot of points, I'd say, but their offense could use a little bit of work. Uh, During the first part of the season, they were kind of putting up some good points, but they hit a little bit of a lull so far. So I think if you if you see that where their offense isn't really getting picked up a little bit, that's going to be the only woe that I see there. But I think Rutgers is going to be able to make some noise. I think they're pretty underrated. Okay, there you go. Uh, one team here as we kind of wrap up the show that I think is a really good team, and I think we saw it really when we started diving into them last March, mm-hmm. um, are the Razorbacks. I really like what yeah. Eric Musselman plays, so how that team plays, and I think that's that really helps them a lot in March. Uh, once again, find myself in uh, a pretty common theme of picking a lot of these teams that have skidded down from a bunch of losses in a row. But what really I think intrigues me about Arkansas um, is because I think especially their grit and their determination within that team, they're not going to be one of the most statistically like mind boggling teams in the country now. Um, Cause last year, I mean, they lost a lot of their key scores, a lot of their offense that made them solely as a three seed of last year's tournament. But I think what that team really has shown this year is now they can grit out games. And I think that's what makes them a really good team, um, especially to watch out for the rest of the year. I think that they're an underrated team. Uh, I mean, grinding out a huge comeback at home against Missouri, that was a huge game. Um, Battling back against Alabama, they ended up losing that game. Uh, But I think that they would have made some changes and shot the basketball better, that they would have certainly won that game. Um, But they're going to have a lot of opportunities to make up for down the stretch at Baylor, um, at Texas A&M, which is a team that's right on the brink. They're going to be playing at Tennessee, at Bama again. Um, so they have a lot of opportunities to to make up for it, and I think that they can do so. Uh, and I think the SEC definitely um, is a conference that I'm going to be looking into to see if I'm going to have to recount my statements from later. But um, I definitely think that Arkansas is a team that I think can really pick it up, um, and especially over the last couple of games that they necessarily haven't done that. 
but I think that they're going to have guys like Ricky Council and Nick Smith Jr., one of the top freshmen in the country, as well as Anthony Black. I think those guys are going to really step it up. And I think you're going to see some really good play off the bench as well from them. That's certainly one of their MOs is getting a lot of other guys' minutes because um, they have really seven guys that they roll with. And I think that definitely when you start to see them go to eight and nine with that confidence, I think they're going to be a much better ball club. So I think Arkansas could be considered, um, obviously, with the skid in a row, they're at 25. But once they start winning games, I think you'll see them back in the top 20 for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be a team to watch out for. They made some noise uh, a little bit late season last year, especially in the tournament as well. Uh, very excited to see how college basketball plays out. This is going to be one of the, I feel like, more entertaining years uh, that we've had in a while with uh, kind of how shaken up it's been. You don't see a lot of the blue chip teams near the top anymore. You see some new faces, which is going to be really cool, especially come tournament time. Yeah, it's going to be a fun year for sure. March Madness is coming, believe it or not, in a hurry. It's only a month and a half away, Joe. I mean, that's, that's wild. That is pretty bonkers. We might have to set up a watch party. Around. I mean, might have to. I mean, this I mean, a live stream, 12 hour live stream of March Madness. What do you say, Joe? No. What? No. I, I mean, of here and here? Yeah. We watch for 12, 12 hours. hours on yeah. the one monitor we have? Yeah. Four screens. Dude, I don't know about that, man. I'd rather, with all due respect, I'd rather be on my couch, chilling out, watching it, being able to lay down, make food. I'm sad. <laughs> but anyway, oh, it, man. no, I'm just kidding. We don't Sorry have to, to host a watch sad. party. No, it's okay. I think March Madness is going to be great no matter where you're watching it from. And we'll certainly be able to break that down as it goes along, as well as all the fair stage sports that we cover year round. But thank you guys for tuning in once again. Brandon and Joe back once again. Back to our roots for this episode. I really enjoyed it, Joe. Yes, sir. I enjoyed it too. Might need to do some more of these. But we also, to. we also got some great episodes. Absolutely. Great interviews on deck. Yes, so make sir, sure yes, you subscribe. Make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're on, Apple, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, or Apple Music, did I say that twice? Uh, Amazon Music was the other one I was trying to say. We got so many Amazon Music, point. Apple Podcast. We got so many of this Yeah, point. just look up a podcast platform. We're just, probably on yeah, it. As well as YouTube. We're getting subscribers, Joe. They're Ew. climbing slowly. You could be the Let next. Go. Be sure to go onto the YouTube channel. You can find that on our link tree in the bios of our social media, as well as subscribe and follow for those so you don't miss another episode. But until next time. Take care, everybody. Thank you.